Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, April 8, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, BeantownUSA.com. On today's show, I will react to a wild weekend in the world of pro wrestling. It was all in New York City, and I was in New York City for some of it. I'll give my thoughts on WrestleMania 35, which was at MetLife last night on Sunday night, and I'll give you my thoughts and my reaction to the G1 Supercard, which was Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. I was in attendance for the G1 Supercard. I was not in attendance for WrestleMania. I came home Sunday morning. I watched WrestleMania on TV last night, though, as I tweeted out earlier today, you can follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard, I did fall asleep during WrestleMania. I fell asleep during WrestleMania. Is that a knock on WrestleMania? Eh? Well, stick around. I'll give you my thoughts on what I saw this weekend in the world of pro wrestling. I will also share my Stanley Cup pick, my Stanley Cup winner, my prediction for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I will give you that. The Stanley Cup playoffs begin this week in the National Hockey League. And here in Boston, the Bruins play game one of the playoffs Thursday night, this Thursday night at the TD Garden at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Thursday at 7 o'clock, the puck will drop and the Stanley Cup playoffs for the Bruins will begin. I'm excited for that. Uh, the Celtics, they're going to begin the playoffs next this coming weekend. The NBA playoffs begin Saturday. So we're not going to get really into the Celtics playoffs yet. We do know they will play the Indiana Pacers. We do know the Celtics have clinched the four seed and will host the Indiana Pacers in game one of that first round playoff series. But um, I'll wait until Thursday to really give you my NBA playoffs and NBA finals prediction. Today I'll give you my Stanley Cup pick, my Stanley Cup winner, and then Finally, what is wrong with the Red Sox? They return home after going 3-8 and eight to begin the season on this West Coast trip. A 3-8 and eight record to begin the year. The World Series champion Red Sox are not looking so hot right now. They have the day off today on this Monday, April 8th. They have the home opener on Fenway tomorrow on Tuesday. They'll get their championship rings. But, um... It it does not look good for the Red Sox. What is wrong with the Red Sox? I will share my thoughts on their awful start to their title defense, their World Series title defense. All of it today presented by betonline.ag. And here at Podcast One Sportsnet, we've been competing against each other in the Sportsnet bracket presented by our exclusive partners at betonline.ag. And my bracket's been busted. I had Duke winning it all. I believe I'm going to finish, I think, in the top five in the Sportsnet Bracket Challenge. But if you're like me and your bracket's busted, and uh, or, or maybe you're just listening to this show a day after the national championship between Texas Tech and Virginia, uh, maybe you just don't even care about that. There's so much to bet on at betonline.ag. We got the Stanley Cup playoffs, like I told you about, beginning this week. We got the NBA playoffs beginning this coming weekend. The Major League Baseball season is in full swing. 
and it's Masters Week at Augusta. Rory McIlroy, the favorite to win the Masters at Augusta National this weekend at plus 700. So go to betonline.ag right now and put in your wages. Sign up today at betonline.ag and use promo code PODCAST1 to receive a 50% sign-up bonus. That's promo code PODCAST1 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts and also the exclusive partner, of Podcast One Sportsnet, betonline.ag. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. And the Major League Baseball season, I told you, it's in full swing. But did you know that last year during the MLB season, During the 162-game MLB season, DraftKings paid out a total of $410 million. $410 million during last year's Major League Baseball season. So why would you play in a fantasy baseball league? Or why would you be more concerned about your fantasy baseball league when you have the same lineup, the same team every single day, every single night? Doesn't that get boring? Well, here's where it doesn't get boring. At DraftKings, you can put together a different team and a different lineup every single night throughout the Major League Baseball season. And again, you can play for free with your first deposit by signing up using promo code PIC, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show on this Monday, April 8th. I'm a little tired today. I'm a little groggy. I had a long weekend in New York City because I did a lot of celebrating Saturday night. As you know, I have another podcast that I launched about a month ago with Matt Taven. Ring of Honor Wrestling's Matt Taven, and I should say now, though, the Ring of Honor World Champion. Uh, Myself and Matt, we have a podcast called Take a Bump. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Anywhere that you get this podcast, you can also get our wrestling podcast, our weekly wrestling podcast, Take a Bump. We actually did a live show at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden on Friday afternoon which was cool. We were set up right in the lobby of the Hulu Theater. They had the Festival of Honor Fan Fest for the G1 Supercard, and the G1 Supercard was a wrestling pay-per-view that was Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. But the day before, uh, Matt Taven and myself, we put on a live podcast for the people and for all his fans, and um, it was fun. It was fun. We had a good time. He had a better time than me on Saturday night. Not to say that I had a bad time. I had a great time. But he was the one climbing the ladder Saturday night at MSG. And he ripped the Ring of Honor World Championship uh, from the rafters and won that Ring of Honor World Championship. And then I went out and celebrated. You would have you thought, if you, if you had followed me around New York City Saturday night, you would have thought I won the Ring of Honor World Championship. And so... That's that's why I'm feeling a little groggy today, right? Feeling a little groggy, feeling a little tired. But I did come home yesterday on Sunday morning. I did not stick around for the WrestleMania 35 event at MetLife Stadium. I, I was not there for that. Um, I wanted to watch it from, from my home on TV. And like I said, I fell asleep. I fell asleep during WrestleMania. And... I'm going to give you my top five storylines, top five takeaways, whatever you want to call them, from WrestleMania 35 at MetLife. But um, 
I, I think that this is a common complaint with this event, and this has been a common complaint for some of, I think it was a complaint from some people from at, at the Royal Rumble. Um, WrestleMania was just, it was too long. It was. There's, there's too much going on in the WWE. There's just too much going on. I mean, that's what happens with the brand split, right? That's what you get because you have two, two different rosters. And I know they've kind of mixed and matched some of those things. They even unified the women's championship in the main event at WrestleMania. And I'll react to that in a moment. But I just think in general, as you're watching WrestleMania, there's just too much going on. And like, that's not even their only thing. Like they have NXT that they did on Friday night at Barclays. Um, you know, you got the 205 Live. It, it, you got the pre-show at WrestleMania. What did that begin? At 5 o'clock Eastern time? And and they don't just, like, the kickoff show and the pre-show, it's not just, like, one match anymore. Like, you got a couple matches. You actually, you got some news that you break. You, you got titles changing hands on the pre-show. And if you watch the pre-show, you would actually think it's part of the actual WrestleMania card. I mean, you would. It's a long event. There's a lot going on. There's too much going on. And I think because there's so much going on at that event that I think the major storylines, the biggest news, the the top stuff, the top titles and the top superstars, I think everything they do gets a little watered down. I I feel that way. I think it gets watered down. I think the whole event gets watered down. And you had some major storylines. I'll I'll give you my top 5 takeaways. Number 1, it had a I think it was a great open. All right, Paul Heyman interrupts Hulk Hogan. This is to open the show. Obviously, you had Alexa Bliss. She was your host. And by the way, spoiler alert for anybody who has not yet watched WrestleMania. Hit pause on this and come back after you watch WrestleMania. All right, spoiler alert. So I get that alert out of the way. Let's get back to it. Alexa Bliss opens up this show. She's the host, the hostess of, of WrestleMania 35. And then she says she can create a WrestleMania moment just by snapping her fingers. And she did. Hulk Hogan's music hit. Hulk Hogan came out. He even made fun of himself a little bit. But uh, it was a pretty cool moment. And then Paul Heyman storms by, interrupts, and storms down to the ring. And he says, look, if we're not going to be on last, if we're not going to close the show out, if Brock Lesnar's not going to close the show out, because they already had announced that the real main event would be the women's triple threat, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch. And, and so Paul Heyman said, if we're not going to close the show out, then we're going to do this right now. We're not going to wait around. Brock Lesnar will finish this match, and then he will go off to Las Vegas. And he and he said UFC without actually saying UFC. What did he say? He said, we'll go to Las Vegas where... There is someone who ultimately gives us the respect or gives us the ultimate respect, something WWE's not doing for us right now. He basically teased UFC. and But he said, we'll do it right now. And then Brock Lesnar, the universal champ, comes down. I don't like the champ coming down first. But I think the way they did this, I think you, ha- you then had to have Brock Lesnar come down first. Right? Because Paul Heyman... I, did, I didn't hate this. And... I'm not somebody that I don't believe opening WrestleMania. Like that doesn't, I don't, and I know to them, like those guys, it, 
they have a different feel about it. The wrestlers, obviously. But as a fan, somebody who watches, like, if you open WrestleMania, like, that doesn't really do anything for me. I I, I have always been under the impression that the later you are, you are on the card, the more important match you have. That's just, I don't know, that's kind of, that's how I feel about it. And, um... So when you open WrestleMania, I'm not sitting there going, wow, this is such a cool moment. But to those guys, it is. They'll tell you it is. And and I usually don't like a match this big open in WrestleMania. But the way it, it happened, because the last match of the night was the women, and Brock Lesnar is, I mean, is he's probably the biggest superstar in the business. Um, You know, I, I thought it was... I like to put it this way. I like the way they did it. I do. I like the way they did it. I don't always like like this when when you have a match this early, like this this early, but I do like the way they did it. I think they got that right. And then Seth Rollins wins the Universal Championship with a couple vicious curb stomps. Um, the thing about Brock Lesnar, I don't know. I I just I didn't think they were gonna give it to Rollins, so there was a little surprise there, but. I thought I wanted to see Rollins beat up, try to maybe hurt him a little bit more than he did before beating Brock Lesnar, pinning Brock Lesnar. I thought it was kind of a weird finish where it's not like, yeah, he gave him what two or three curb stomps in a row, but eh, I thought I thought maybe we'd see, and this happened after a low blow, you know, after they had both ran into the ref, knocked the ref out of the ring. I just thought. They were going to have him hurt Brock Lesnar a little more. Anyways, Seth Rollins wins. That opens the the show. I thought they, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, so that's number one. Seth Rollins wins the Universal Championship in a surprise in which they gave us that match first in the open, first match of the night. Then you got Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship, which is awesome. I I, I tweeted out. You know, it was a very good match. It was an awesome result. Love seeing Kofi Kingston. I I will say, when he did win it, though, right? <laughs> like, the the storyline to that one was so wild. Where I was thinking, I was thinking New Day was going to, like, they were going to attack him or something. I did have that feeling. Like, I just had that feeling. Like, Vince McMahon is such a nut that I could see that being a storyline that was going to, take place right then and there. He gets Kofi the championship, but I'm sitting there waiting going, well, wait a minute. When is Vince's music going to hit? Or better yet, when's the New Day going to turn on him? I was expecting it. I was. I was not expecting that to be just a clean finish and a, a, a clean everybody's happy storyline to end it. I, I, didn't, I didn't think that's the way that match would end. But it did. And Kofi, I mean, again, awesome result. I've been saying for a while, I think Kofi Kingston is somebody that should get his shot, get his title shot, and he did, and Kofi Kingston is now the WWE champion. But, again, I'm going to get into now the, get back into the the length of this event with so much going on. It kind of waters down some stuff. It kind of waters down some major storylines. I thought the Kofi Kingston championship win was watered down because it was kind of buried on the in the middle of the cod. What did they do this at 9 o'clock? 8.30, 9 o'clock? Do I get my time right on that? The Kofi Kingston? Now, I had not fallen asleep just yet, but I, I was watching the Kofi Kingston thing. Um, 
And, you know, I, I actually kind of expected them to bury this match in the middle of the card. And I do call it burying it. It's the WWE Championship. It's, it's the most prestigious championship in professional wrestling. But it's, it's not really treated that way anymore. It's not. And it certainly hasn't been treated that way, uh, you know, and on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania the last couple years. When's the last time, and I know the Universal Championship is the title that's on Raw. I get that. And Raw is their show. Though, I think anybody who watches the brand, watches the product, knows that SmackDown is a better show than Raw. Right? I get it. Lesnar's been the top dog. Okay. But when's the last time they closed out? And I actually don't. This is a this is a question somebody will have to give me. I'll have to look up afterwards because I did not look it up. When is the last time they closed out WrestleMania with the most prestigious title? When was, when was the last time they've done that? How long has the Universal Championship been around? Hand, a handful of years, right? No, three years, four years? Um, maybe I got that timeline wrong. When's the last time they closed out WrestleMania with the WWE Championship? When is it? When is it? Uh, what was it? WrestleMania 31 that Seth Rollins cashed in and got the WWE Championship. Was that WrestleMania 31? Uh, we, I'm, I'm going to have to go back after. But anyways, I, I, I just, I feel like the WWE Championship has been buried. And I this isn't the first time I've said this. So if you listen to me, you know that's how I feel. And I think it's great that Kofi won it. I think it's a great story. It's an it's just an awesome turn of events. Um, an awesome moment for him, an awesome moment for the industry, but it's, it was kind of just like in the middle of the card, and and uh, I I just thought I just think they should they should take that championship and they should make it what it is, which is the most prestigious championship. But you know they have that match, and even before that they did AJ Styles Randy Orton, and like I tweeted this out too last night. I said. Did anybody expect to see the Universal Championship match, the WWE Championship match, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, those three things before we even saw the U.S. Championship, the United States Championship match? Like, did anybody expect to see those three matches before the United States Championship match? And people say, well, Vince, you know, he likes to... He likes, you know, to to pace it, you know, it's 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 pace of play, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, he likes to add that little buffer match so some people maybe can go use the restroom or go get a couple more drinks, you know, and come back and be back in their seat for the bigger one. I just think that there was so mu- there was so many big moments too soon. And I don't know, maybe they did that cuz they thought someone would fall asleep towards the end and maybe miss the big moment because they knew and acknowledged it was such a long day, such a long event, so much going on. But shouldn't that just tell them, well, there's too much going on? And next year, maybe we maybe we don't have so much going on? And maybe we won't water some of these moments down? Stuff was just felt watered down to me. Even when I came in the studio this morning and I had to open up the WWE Network on my phone, and I had to hit play on the final two matches. I fell asleep during the intro 
of Bobby Lashley, Finn Balor, which, by the way, I just completely forgot about. Like, I I was thinking that the next match was going to be the main event, Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda. And then they had Bobby Lashley's music hit, and I'm going, oh, I forgot about the Intercontinental Championship, (laughs) right? Like, again, like, to forget about that championship on a night where there's so much going on, I mean, that's the Intercontinental Championship. How could I forget about that? But it's easy to forget about it when you get so much, so many things going on. Now, I will say, I fell asleep during that match. I woke up, and it was over. The replay was already on. Like, I think it was like, I, I woke up during the, it was Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar again on the replay. And I was, I just went to bed. I came in studio early this morning and I got to see what happened, but I was wondering if the undertaker was going to interrupt and maybe interfere and get involved with the demon Finn Balor. Finn Balor came out as the demon and I'm thinking, well, why are they doing the demon? Well, maybe some have teased in the past that the undertaker would take on the demon at WrestleMania. And I thought maybe when I came in today and, and started rewatching the final two matches, so watch the final two matches and rewatch the event. I thought maybe The Undertaker would get involved. And no, The Undertaker did not get involved. The Undertaker did not get involved. And that is one of my takeaways. I'd say I have that as number five. No Undertaker. For the first time in years. No Undertaker. And then I watched the women's championship match when I came in here this morning. And and look, that championship match, it should be the final match on the card. It should be the main event. And and I was excited to watch it. I just I had a long weekend and WrestleMania is a long event. I fell asleep during it. I, I mean there are other factors involved other than that just being a long event, as I told you, I had a long weekend personally. But I mean it just I think even if I didn't have a long weekend, I, I'm sure there are a good amount of people who did not make it through the entire WrestleMania event. And maybe had to go watch some stuff today or tonight. Including the, the the really the most important match on the card. Not just to the women's division, but to the entire industry. The fact that you would have three women headline in WrestleMania at a sold-out MetLife Stadium, a new MetLife attendance record, for the, to unify their championships is is a huge moment. Not just for the women's division, but for the entire pro wrestling industry. And I just couldn't stay awake for it. I just couldn't stay awake for it. But I did watch it today. Becky Lynch wins the women's championships in a controversial finish, which it's controversial and makes me believe that maybe Ronda's not done. People have said Ronda's going to lose the titles because she's done. Is she? Like... So, the storyline was Becky got the three count. Ronda's shoulders were down. It was a, we'll call it a controversial finish. Because the question is, they were looking at the replay, like, were her shoulders down or not? Great moment for Becky Lynch. But the controversy gets you thinking, well, maybe Ronda's not done. Um, You know, I also think, the, I, I didn't like a controversial finish. I also think a controversial finish maybe took away from what Becky Lynch actually accomplished. And what she did. And how special a moment that was. Like that the, that moment still kind of was about Ronda. And it shouldn't have been about Ronda at all. It should have been about the winner. 
Because like I said, that was such a big moment for the industry. It should have just been about the champ. And um, it should have just been about Becky Lynch, not controversy with Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't want... I don't know. I mean, you had Brock Lesnar lose clean. Why couldn't you have Ronda Rousey lose clean? And so, strange fit. I thought the women's championship match, I watched it today. I thought it had a strange finish. Is that a weird feel? But maybe it all gets back to once again, everything kind of had a strange feel and was somewhat watered down because it was such a long event. Such a long event. And when they get rid of the brand split, when they go to Fox, when is that happening? October? SmackDown going to Fox on Friday night? There's not going to be a brand split then. I think you're already seeing the signs that they're getting rid of the brand split just by unifying the women's championships at WrestleMania. I assume they're going to do that now for the Universal and the WWE championships. So are we about to see a feud between Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins? We'll have to wait and see. Maybe, you know, I assume Roman Reigns is at some point going to be involved in a feud for the Universal Championship with uh, his boy, Seth Rollins. Um, so, we'll we'll see. But a lot went down at WrestleMania. And the Becky Lynch, Becky Lynch winning the Women's Championship and a controversial finish was no, is number three. I told you number five was no Undertaker first time in years. So you're wondering, what's number four? Number four was... Well, we did see somebody come back, John Cena. And he goes old school, retro Cena, the doctor of Thugonomics, as he interrupted Elias. And Elias is great. Uh, We've already kind of seen the Cena-Elias feud. But this was retro Cena. And I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a cool moment. I really did. I thought it was... I'm putting in the top five storylines of the event. So those are my top five. Number one, a great open. With Seth Rollins winning the Universal Championship. Number two, Kofi Kingston wins the WWE Championship. Number three, Becky Lynch wins the Women's Championship. To close out the show, number four, John Cena gives us a little retro Cena. The heel Cena, if you will. And number five, no Undertaker for the first time in years. Was it 20 years or something? I think close to 20 years, no Undertaker. So those are my top five takeaways. I mean, I have more takeaways, but how much time do you really want to spend on it? How much more time do you want to spend on this WrestleMania? That's the other thing. It's like it was so long and there was so much going on. Like, um, how much time do you even want to spend talking about it anymore? But, you know, I didn't even get to the Triple H Batista match. And it was entertaining. It was entertaining. I thought it was entertaining. Uh, You also had the Hall of Fame. On Saturday night, in which Brett the Hitman Hart got attacked by a fan. Brett Hart got attacked by a fan. The Hart Foundation was getting inducted. And Brett Hart, a fan comes in the ring, gets attacked. I will say, initially I thought this was... Because when that was going on, at the around the same time that was going on, uh, the G1 Supercard was taking place at Madison Square Garden. And I was at the G1 Supercard up in a suite at Madison Square Garden. And I watched my co-host on Take a Bump, the podcast, Matt Tave, and I watched him win the Ring of Honor World Championship. And something else happened, though, 
at Madison Square Garden. Was it around the same time as the Bret Hart thing was happening over at Barclays? Enzo Amore and Big Cass jumped the barricade and they got, you know, they mixed it up with a couple of the Ring of Honor guys with Bully Ray and the Briscoes. And, you know, Ring of Honor, they, the way they handled this was great, was genius. You know, they didn't play it. They, I don't think they showed it. They didn't show it on the pay-per-view. And they didn't even put it on the, any of the big screens or the TVs in the building. So the only way you saw this was on social media. Which was great, which was perfect. Because people had their phones out, and they're filming it, and people are like, oh, Enzo and Cass, they jumped the barricade. And it's a playoff of Enzo showing up at a WWE pay-per-view. What was it? What did he show up at? Was it SummerSlam? No, Survivor Series? It was in LA? Was Survivor Series in LA? Or was it Royal Rumble? No, Royal Rumble was in Arizona. It wasn't Royal Rumble. Was it Survivor Series? It was one of those pay-per-views last year. Last calendar year. Enzo was in the front row. Security came and got him. I told you, I always wondered if that was, you know, if that was just just a work too. Like if that if they if that was planned, if they were in cahoots. It turns out it wasn't. It was just planned by Enzo. Nobody else knew about it. And WWE was serious about not wanting him there, and they were serious about escorting him out the building. So, what they did was. At the G1 Supercard with Ring of Honor New Japan Pro, they had Enzo Amore in the front, uh, him and Big Cass in, in, the, in the front row, wherever they were, and they, they hopped the barricade, they got mixed up, and, and Ring of Honor New Japan, they didn't show it on TV, they didn't show it on any of the screens at Madison Square Garden, you only saw it on social media, which made you believe that they actually hopped the barricade and ended up getting a beaten by Bully Ray. And, you know, it was, I thought it was genius. I thought it was perfect. Now, I wonder if that got out. I wonder if news that that was going to happen. I wonder if, like, the rumor of that happening got out. And I wonder if WWE, who knew they were going to have their Hall of Fame event during the same time that Ring of Honor New Japan Pro had sold out Madison Square Garden. I wonder if WWE was like, well, we should probably do something that's going to steal the social media attention away from that event. We got to do something. We can't just have guys come up and accept awards and and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, that's not going to, you know, people, people understand. Wrestling fans know how special a night that was Saturday night at Madison Square Garden. And if you watch the event, uh, you know, man, and, and I, I get it. I, I might be a little biased right now because I do have a podcast with Matt Taven, who is again, the ring of honor world champion after he won the triple threat ladder match against Monty Skrull and Jay lethal. Matt Taven gets his moment. I mean, it doesn't get any, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Right. The moment that Matt Taven had at Madison square garden. So I'm a little biased, you know, being friends with Matt, having, having a podcast with him, But I I always try to tell you, I try to be honest with you on this show. And I'm being honest with you. The G1 Supercard. Like, if you're a wrestling fan, and forget about just the triple threat ladder match. Like, you're talking about uh, Ibushi and Naito. You're talking about Jay White versus Okada, which closed out the show, which was an awesome match. You know, some other moments... All night long, you know, the Flip Gordon and Street Fight, Juice Robinson, Bully Ray. I mean, that was awesome to watch. The place was going nuts for that. You, even the Enzo moment. I mean, 
I get it, I'm biased, but I still put the bias aside. It's not crazy to say that the G1 Supercard at Madison Square Garden, from the first match of the night to the final match of the night, was just as exciting as WrestleMania. Like, I don't think that's crazy to say. And so they killed, I mean, they killed it. Ring of Honor, New Japan, they killed it. They killed it. They put on a show in front of a sold-out MSG, and I was in the building. And if I didn't even know anybody in New Japan Pro and Ring of Honor, and I was in the building that night, if I didn't, put it this way, if I didn't know anybody in WWE, if I didn't know anybody in professional wrestling, and I went to the G1 Supercard, and I went to MetLife the next night, and I didn't know anybody in the industry, and I never watched wrestling, but I went to those two events, I would leave both events going, those, these are the same, this is the same thing, right? Like, this is, they're on the same level. They're two different companies? Oh, they're, then they're on the same level. And obviously, that's what Ring of Honor New Japan Pro is trying to do. They're trying to get to WWE's level. They did a pretty damn good job of that Saturday night. To the point where you might even, if you went to both events, you might even have left MetLife Sunday night. You might have left WrestleMania tired as shit. Maybe you were hungover, yawning on your way out. You know, have fun trying to get out of MetLife. I went to WrestleMania, what was it, five, six years ago? Have fun trying to get out of there. If you went, it it takes like two hours to get a cab. Have fun with that. And by the time the whole event went, did it end at 12.30? You're getting home at like, you're getting back to your hotel at like three in the morning. And you're like, what just happened? I spent all day at MetLife Stadium. I spent more money than God. It took me four hours to get out of there. And I think I might have had a better time at Madison Square Garden the night before, just in general. It might have been a better event. So they did such a great job Saturday night. And I'm not just saying, I know you might think Danny a bias, but I do, if you listen to me and you listen to the show, I will tell you how it is. I will. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating anything. I'm not sitting here with the bias and speaking with the bias. Do I have a bias sometimes? Sure. But do I try to put that aside as best I can? Yeah, and I'm doing it right now. The G1 Supercard at a sold-out Madison Square Garden Saturday night, it is not crazy to say, when you put your bias aside, it is not crazy to say that that was just as good an event at, as WrestleMania the next night. It's not crazy to say that. And if their goal, which I think it is, New Japan Pro, Ring of Honor, if their goal is to compete with WWE, which again, I think it is, and it should be, after Saturday night, the competition is on. Okay? It's on. And, and I know you could say, well, it, it, it already started. I mean, the fact that they had Chris Jericho in their events not too long ago. You know, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega. You know, it, that competition already started. But that group of guys, they all left to start their own company, to start their own promotion in AEW, All Elite Wrestling, which is being funded by Tony Khan, uh, the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know they're going to try to steal guys from WWE. So, so some people say, well, they're the real competition for WWE. And they might they might be competition with WWE because they're going to have a weekly show on Tuesday nights at a major network. Jim Ross just left WWE and signed with, with AEW. So I'm not saying they're not going to compete, 
but I think what we found out Saturday night at Madison Square Garden is I think we got another competition as well with Ring of Honor New Japan Pro. And, and so, you know, I do feel, I'm watching, I'm in the building Saturday night. I, I did feel bad. And I know I shouldn't feel bad for guys that are millionaires and just cashed out, right? They just, they, they just took their ticket and they said, yep, let's, that money, yeah, it's going to be tough to not perform at Madison Square Garden with Ring of Honor New Japan, but this money is too much to turn down. This dream of creating a promotion while making all this money is, is too much to turn down. You know, it's it's not every day you feel bad for someone who makes that money. But I do kind of feel bad for those guys. The Bucks, Cody, Omega, even Jericho. And Jer- maybe not so much Jericho as those other guys because Jericho's had his WrestleMania moments. Jericho's, he's done, Jericho's done it all, right? What else is there to do for Chris Jericho right now? I, I don't know. Obviously, this is a new journey for him at AEW, but I don't, maybe I don't feel bad for Jericho. He's done it all. But guys like the Bucks, even Cody, Kenny Omega, you know, those guys have, they've put so much effort and energy. I don't know that you sell out Madison Square Garden with, without those guys. You know that? I don't know that you even have that moment Saturday night without you know, the the way those guys promoted that brand for, for such a long time. And and it became so popular. I just, so, and, and they're probably never going to admit this. And I've said this to some other people. Uh, you know, I said it to Justin Barrasso as we previewed this wild wrestling weekend in New York City. We did that last week on the second podcast of the week. And I said to him, I said, you know, they, they got to have, Man, they 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 must want to be there. Those guys must want to be involved in this, right? And um, those guys will never admit it. But so I'll say it for them. And I'm just this is just my opinion. But I try to put myself in their shoes. And man, to not be involved in that weekend in New York City, knowing how big of a name those guys are, knowing how much effort and energy they've put into it, and I know they got big plans. And at the end of the day, maybe their plans are bigger than anything that we saw this weekend. But I'm sure as hell they would have loved to been in Madison Square Garden Saturday night. They would have loved a match at Madison Square Garden. And I, I kind of feel bad for those guys. Because they they did deserve, they do deserve to be there. They did earn a spot on that card at that event in that sold-out MSG building. They they deserve to be there. It's just contractual situations right now. That do not allow them to be there. That did not allow them to be in that car. That did not give them a reason to be in New York City this week. And I just think it's unfortunate. You know, the wrestling fans saw a lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff. And and on such a great weekend in professional wrestling, to not have a couple of the biggest names involved is just kind of, eh. It sucks. To, as a fan, like, it sucks to see. It sucks to see, and they're never going to admit it, but I know they they wanted to be there, obviously, and, and, and there must have been a part of them that was upset that they couldn't be there. Must have been, man. Must have been. And 
I feel bad for them. I really do. It's not every day you feel bad for people who make millions of dollars and are, and are pursuing their dreams and have accomplished a whole heck of a lot in their careers. But I do feel bad for them because I think they I, I think they wanted to be there. Uh, how could you not want to be there? But the show went on, and the show was great. And Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro, they are in position. If they want to do something like that again, they will sell that out again because anybody who was in the building that night saw a fantastic show that, like I said, was just as good as WrestleMania. Just as good as WrestleMania. And I think WWE, I mean, is it, I mean, is it a threat? I don't, threat is strong. WWE is always going to be WWE, in my opinion. But uh, there's some real competition that is here for them. And it's the competition's going to get even bigger and better when AEW does start. But, but New Japan, Ring of Honor, awesome job Saturday night. Awesome job. But I'm watching it, and... I see the Enzo stuff, and then people are texting me about the about Bret Hart getting attacked. I know I get away from that a little bit. At first, I'm thinking. At first, I'm thinking WWE needed something staged. They wanted. They didn't want all the social media talking about Enzo, talking about the G1 Supercard. People were watching the G1 Supercard, anyways. They needed to get the attention, so so they had someone attack Bret the Hitman Hot. They had someone attack Bret Hart. That's what I thought originally. I'm like, this is staged. Bret Hart gets attacked. That's weird. I got people texting me what happened. Now all eyes go to that. That's weird. The timing's a little weird. I thought it might have been staged. The more I look into this today, it's it wasn't staged. This fan was a nut. This fan on social media was just, I mean, he looks like a nut. Um, so I do not think it was staged. Just some lunatic who obviously crossed a line. But a weird moment, though, right? Weird moment to see that happen. You know what is you know what's weird too? Like, I'm kind of surprised that's that doesn't happen more often. I'm just, <laughs> and maybe I'm not I, I I just there's some real whack jobs in this world, man. I'm just surprised that shit doesn't happen often, more often. At other events. But uh it was it was a wild weekend in New York City, and I'm I'm glad Brett the Hitman Hot is okay, and whoever did that should be banned from every arena for every event ever in the history of anything, moving forward. I don't know how you could put that ban into effect and make sure that, um, you know, everybody who takes a ticket in every arena remembers this kid's face. So I don't know how realistic that will be, but at least put the ban in place, um, and you know, keep an eye on this dude because that was wacky Saturday night. But the whole weekend was wild. Um, glad I was in New York City for it. And I'm sure we will talk more about the G1 Supercard on the next episode of Take a Bump later this week as the Ring of Honor World Champion Matt Taven will join me as he always does because it's his podcast too. So why wouldn't he join me? He'll be in studio. Hopefully he brings that belt. Hopefully he brings that belt in, you know? I need a I need a photo with that I need a photo with that belt. And and I got a couple stories I'll tell on Take a Bump because Friday I was, you know, in the room sort of the, they had this little dressing room with 
all those guys. And I was in there with them. And it was it was kind of wild. You know, someone like myself being, you know, being in the room with the boys, like it was it was cool. It was a cool moment for me. I got a couple of funny stories that we'll tell on Take a Bump later on this week. But uh getting away from professional wrestling and getting into the wackiness of the sports world that's about to begin with playoff hockey, playoff basketball, regular season baseball. I told you the Masters is this weekend at Augusta. And I'll begin here with the NHL because I do have a Stanley Cup prediction for you. The Bruins begin Thursday against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's just take a look at the schedule real quick. Game one is going to be Thursday at 7 o'clock. Game two then is going to be on Saturday night at 8 o'clock at the TD Garden. Then the series goes to Toronto. Game three will be April 15th. That will be on Monday at 7 o'clock. And then next, so next Monday in Toronto, and then next Wednesday in Toronto. And then if necessary, the series comes back to the TD Garden a week from Friday, April 19th. And then game six, if necessary, will be a week from Sunday, April 21st in Toronto. And then game seven, if necessary, what is that, a Tuesday, April 23rd? Game seven against the Maple Leafs. So the Bruins, game one Thursday night. I think the Bruins, I mean, look, they could, I know this doesn't really sound like great analysis, they could beat Toronto, they could also lose to Toronto. Like, I don't, if the Bruins lost to the Maple Leafs in the first round, would I be shocked? No, I wouldn't be shocked. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm really never shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Tampa Bay loses to Columbus. I mean, that's just the, that's just the beauty of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You get a hot goaltender, anything can happen for you. Anything can happen for you. But the winner of the Bruins-Maple Leaf series will play the winner of the Tampa Bay-Columbus series. And, you know, the people who are going to pick the favorites, they say, well, this is a tough, this is an unfortunate spot for the Bruins to have to play Tampa Bay in the second round based on the way this thing works out, based on the way the set brackets are now in the NHL. But, um... Yeah, it, it would be tough. But you've you got to beat Toronto first. Like, beat Toronto first. And if you do think you're going to get to the cup finals, you know, you would think that maybe at some point you'd run into Tampa Bay. You just happen to run into them now in the second round. You Don't worry about what round you run into them. Let's worry about just beating them because you're probably going to have to beat them anyways if you want to get to the finals. So just take care of business in the second round. And if you want to look at it glass half full, well, maybe you're not as beat up in the second round as you would be in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Right? So maybe you give them, uh, uh, maybe you have a better chance to win if you're looking at a glass half full. But, I mean, if the Bruins lost to Toronto, I wouldn't be surprised. My my pick, I'm not going to break down every single series here, but, you know, I'm obviously rooting for the Bruins. That's my team. I'm also rooting for the San Jose Sharks. Joe Thornton, I would love to see Joe Thornton hoist the Stanley Cup, okay? I think if you're if you're the NHL and there's a storyline that you're watching, like, oh, what's a cool storyline, right? Well, last year you saw Ovechkin hoisting the Cup. Washington's back in it, and, and they're going to play Carolina in the first round. And to be honest, like, I wouldn't be surprised if and, – and – you know what? I don't want to tease it, so I'm not going to say anything. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Capitals go pretty deep. 
But if you're the NHL, you're like, all right, Ovechkin got his cup last year. What's the storyline? Like, what's the... What is the special storyline in the 2019 Stanley Cup playoffs? I would say, all right, you got your eye on Vegas. Because Vegas, they were the Cinderella last year. They went to the finals and they ended up losing. And the glass slipper fell off. Maybe, you know, this is the year that Vegas gets back and they finish the job. And wouldn't that be quite a story? But I, I think that the NHL should maybe try to embrace if San Jose eliminates Vegas in the first round, it'll be the Sharks and the Knights in the first round. You know, I think the Joe Thornton, get Joe Thornton a Stanley Cup storyline is a big one. It's a big one. It is a big one. And so I'll be rooting for San Jose. Like, if it can't be the Bruins, I'll say I'll root for San Jose, but I also am going to root for Winnipeg because Kevin Hayes got traded from the Rangers to the Jets. Kevin Hayes, a friend of mine, and... You know, if you watch my YouTube channel, you know he did tell me that if he wins the cup ever, I will be invited to that party. And I do want to hoist the Stanley Cup over my head. And so the only real opportunity I'm going to get to do that is if Kevin Hayes and the Winnipeg Jets can win the Stanley Cup. They play St. Louis in the first round. And the winner of that series will play the winner of Nashville and Dallas. And I don't think Nashville is going to lose in the first round. Uh, So the, the road is not easy for Winnipeg. Because you're probably going to have to go through Nashville. And, uh, you know, well, then we'll see what happens in the bottom half of the bracket. But my rooting interest, Bruins number one. I'd love to see Joe Thornton win a cup, but I'm going to put Winnipeg as my rooting interest number two because I do want to hoist that thing over my head. I mean, Winnipeg, you know, depending on what happens with the Bruins in Toronto, Winnipeg might end up being my, my number one rooting interest. I might be rooting for Winnipeg more than anything just so that I can hoist that cup over my head. Um, and I'm being selfish with that, certainly. But then Joe Thornton, keep an eye on that one as well. The team that I think is going to win the cup. And it's going to be a repeat. I think Washington is going to win the cup again. I think the Capitals do it again. I really do. I think Washington wins the cup. I think they're going to be back-to-back champs. You know, we've seen, I mean, we just saw the Penguins do it in 2016, 2017. So it's been done. We, the Red Wings did it, right, in the in the late 90s. It's been done. I mean, we've seen teams win two out of three. Uh, the Blackhawks, two out of three. We've seen the Kings win two out of three. And we've seen it. So... When you talk about dynasties in the NHL, even though it's the toughest trophy in sports to win, we've seen teams win two out of three. We've seen teams win back-to-back cups. I think the Capitals are going to get it done. I'm going to take Washington to beat Winnipeg, actually. That's going to be my that that's my, my Stanley Cup final. Washington over Winnipeg. And uh, I'll be rooting for Winnipeg. But I, I I, don't think that's going to happen. I think Washington is going to win it again. So my Stanley Cup playoff prediction, the team that wins the Stanley Cup, I think the Capitals, I think they go, I think they do it back-to-back. I really do. So I'm going to take Washington to win the Stanley Cup. La Coupe Stanley, and it all begins this week. I will react accordingly as it all takes place. I should mention Tampa Bay is the favorite to win the cup at plus 200. You can place your bets right now at betonline.ag. And then, of course, the NBA playoffs will begin 
this coming weekend. Actually, on Saturday, the NBA playoffs will begin. And um, when I look at the NBA standings, you know, if the playoffs began today. Now, the regular season in the NBA ends on Wednesday. Ends in two days on Wednesday. The Celtics here locally, just real quick, they, they've they clinched the fourth seed because Indiana lost to Brooklyn on Sunday night, and so it helped the Celtics clinch the fourth seed. Celtics and the Pacers in the first round. I mean, hey, the Celtics should win this series, especially now where they have home court advantage. And if that's the case, then they will play the winner of the Milwaukee Bucks and the Detroit Pistons. If the playoffs began today, it's Milwaukee and Detroit in the first round. Uh, As I'm recording this, that could change. Detroit has not clinched that eighth seed. You still got Charlotte and Miami involved. Uh, But I do think regardless, even if Milwaukee as the one seed plays, whether they play Detroit, Charlotte, Miami, whoever Milwaukee plays, in the first round, Milwaukee's going to win, and I think the Celtics should beat Indiana, which would set us up for a second-round series of the Celtics and the Bucks. And, um, you know, I don't see why the Celtics couldn't win that series. I don't see why they couldn't. They won't have home court advantage. Milwaukee will. But in a weird way, I'd rather play the Bucks than Toronto in the second round. I would. I'd rather play the Milwaukee Bucks than the Toronto Raptors. Um, but that's just that if the playoffs began today, that's what it would look like over in the Western Conference. I think there's one matchup that, man, you know, if you're Houston, this is tough. You're the three-seed Houston Rockets. If the playoffs begin today, Houston would have to play Oklahoma City. That's not easy. That's not going to be easy for Houston. That is not going to be easy for Houston. I mean, it's not going to be easy for Oklahoma City. But that if you're Houston, 53 wins, you don't want to have to play a team like Oklahoma City in the first round. You just don't. So that'll all begin this weekend. Um, Here's another wild storyline as we get closer to the NBA playoffs. No, we will not have LeBron James in the NBA playoffs, which is wild. And, and not just in the playoffs, LeBron James, this is probably one of the more absurd things that's been going on in the world of sports, but I think is so expect it's become so expected. It's become such a norm combined with the fact that people just don't even like LeBron James anyways, outside of the teams that he plays for. It's become the most overlooked storyline. I think in sports the last 10 years, LeBron James has been in the NBA Finals the last eight years. Eight years. He's spent the last eight years playing in the NBA Finals. And not just playing in the NBA Finals, but being maybe the best player in the NBA Finals for eight straight years. That is absurd. It's absurd. Eight years in the Finals. He has permanent real estate in the Finals. He will not be there this year because LeBron James is not in the playoffs. It's going to be kind of kind of weird to watch. Where's LeBron? Like, where, where is he? No Miami Heat, no Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, one of his old teams on in the, you know, LeBron's not leading him. The Lakers certainly aren't going to the playoffs. Like, there's no LeBron? Where's LeBron? It's going to be weird to watch. I mean, eight straight years in the finals is an absurd stat. But I think it's ignored for a couple reasons. Like I said, I just think people... 
People don't really like the guy because they think he loves himself, which he does. He's a prima donna. Um, but also, like, we just expect it. We've expected LeBron James to be in the finals every single year. And, and he was. And it became so expected. It became such a norm that we don't even really, we don't even blink when it happens to the point where we forget just how absurd it is that he went to the finals eight straight years. It's crazy. That's crazy. But LeBron James will not be there this year because he is not in the playoffs. The favorite to win the NBA championship, Golden State at minus 200. If you ask me, would I take them right now to win it all? I mean, I would. Who else should I put my money on? Who else should I put my money on? I mean, I just wouldn't put it on anyone. Golden State. I have to put my money on Golden State at minus 200. That's what I have to do. So, uh, I'll give my... NBA, well, maybe that's, maybe I just teased it. Maybe I leaked it. I leaked it early. My NBA Finals pick, Golden State. Give me a couple days to make that official. I want to dig into these matchups, take a look at it. But if you made me pick right now and put money on a team to win it all, I'd take the favorite at minus 200 with Golden State. Obviously the best team, um, a group that, yeah, maybe there's an elephant in the room there with Kevin Durant's future. I don't think I don't think it affects them as much as we we'd like to think it affects them um I know we all like to see Goliath fall at some point but and we all like we'd like to think that Kevin Durant and and you know that's that situation with his contract and whether there's some beef with Draymond Green or other Golden State Warriors players don't like the fact that that he knows he's leaving I whether there's that drama there or not, I do not think it affects them the way, not just we think it might affect them, but the way everyone wants it to affect them. I just don't think it does. And so if you made me pick right now, I'd, I'd put my money on Golden State. I just think they are too good top to bottom. And in the NBA, the all-star talent will ultimately be the team that is hoisting that trophy when it's all said and done but give me a couple days to make that official I'll make it official on Thursday but if you made me do it right now I'd put my money on Golden State at minus two and a half and then I'll close out the show real quick with this just a couple thoughts on the Red Sox it's a long season I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's over that the Red Sox have no chance to win a, a championship again or no chance to get to the playoffs get back to the playoffs no chance to win the division I'm not going to say that it's such a long season. If you're saying it, I think you're clueless to the sport. The Red Sox, they are not they are not rolling right now. They are the opposite. They are 3 and 8. Only 3 wins in their first 11 games to begin the season on a brutal West Coast trip against Seattle, Oakland, and Arizona. They have today off. The home opener is tomorrow on Tuesday at Fenway. They'll get their rings. Craig Kimbrell might be in the building they're saying. That should be That'll be awkward, <laughs> right? That might be a little awkward. Craig Kimbrell in the building, going to run out to the field, get introduced. Will he put a Red Sox jersey on? He has to, right? They all wear Red Sox jerseys. He's a free agent, at least as I'm recording this right now. And, um, you know, I- I've always told you, I don't rule out that he returns. If the price is right for the Red Sox, I don't see why the Red Sox wouldn't bring him back. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back. But the price has got to be right. And right now, Kimbrell's trying to play a game. He's sitting out. He's waiting it out. 
but he's not on the Red Sox. Don't rule it out, but he will. They're saying he will be there, possibly to to get his ring. So we'll see how that plays out. And Dustin Pedroia is he returning? Is he returning? Will he be activated for the home opener? We shall see. But um, you know, I I think the Red Sox the most important thing here moving forward, whether it's Pedroia coming back, I, that's not the most important thing. You know how I feel about Pedroia. I know there are a lot of people in this town and people in that organization who love him. Uh, I am not one of those people. Uh, are they a better team when he's 100% healthy? No question. I don't know how you could deny that regardless of how you feel about the guy. So I'm not going to let my bias against Pedroia. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use my head with my Pedroia analysis. And, and when I use my head, my head tells me that the Red Sox, are, they are a better team when Pedroia is healthy. No question about it. I just, I'm not a big fan of the guy. I'm not a big fan of his personality. Uh, I I think he showed that he was not a leader of this team a couple years ago, that situation with Manny Machado. And uh, I I just, I don't think I'll ever be able to get over that moment. I really don't think I'll ever be able to get over that. Some people might say, Danny, get over it. It happened. Machado, you know, he's in San Diego. Forget about him. You know, a couple years later, let's move on. I can't do it. I'm sorry. I can't. And they won a championship last year without him, without Pedroia. So... I'm not going to say Pedroia is going to be the savior to this team. I think what the team needs to hope for moving forward is that Chris Sale, you know, can can get back up to the at least to like 93, 94 miles an hour. I think he doesn't need to be at 97, 98. But I'd like him to pump it in there at 93, 94 at the very least. He was throwing 89, 90 in his last outing. And... You know, I'd like to know, I'd like to see signs that it is just been, it, this has been treated like extended spring training these first couple of regular season games. You know, they haven't been empty in the tank because it's so early and they understand how late they p- played last year. They understand what the bigger picture is. Like, if there's one thing the Red Sox need more than anything, it's not Kimbrell coming back. It's not Pedroia being inserted into the lineup and being healthy. It's Chris Sale. You know, because not just not as he just he's not just a guy that goes out there and has the the ability to throw 93, 94 and be a dominant pitcher. He's also a leader of this team, as we saw a couple of years ago with that Manny Machado situation. You know, Chris Sale's the captain of this team, as we saw as he came in out of the bullpen to close out game five of the World Series in LA. Right? Chris Sale, this this is his team. And if he's out there throwing 89, 90. You know, all season long, that, that that's going to be a tough thing to deal with because he is not going to have the success that he that we're used to him having throwing 89-90. He's just not. He's just not. At least give me 93-94. So that's really the thing the organization has to hope for. Like, Chris Sale's going to be pitching on Tuesday tomorrow in the home opener against Toronto. Um... By the way, not not a bad trip for people from Toronto, huh? You get to see the Blue Jays at Fenway. Um, you'll get to see the the Maple Leafs against the Bruins in the playoffs. Worked out for people in Toronto if you want to make a little road trip. But for the Red Sox, Chris Sale, you got to get that velocity up. And if that if you're telling me that will happen, then I am telling you the Red Sox will be just fine. I, I will tell you that they're three and eight. It has not looked pretty, but it's a long season, and you get done with that West Coast trip, it's, you know, 
You get back home, sleep in your own bed, eat the food you used to eating. Um, you know, this is getting home is going to be the best thing for this team. And uh, I shouldn't say the best because it, it, but it, it's better than being out on the West Coast. The best thing for this team is Chris Sale getting that fastball back into the mid nineties. That's the best thing. So let's see. It's a wait. It's a waiting game. Let's see what this thing looks like. Uh, in a couple weeks, if Chris Sale can get that velocity up, that will be the best thing for these Boston Red Sox. I will be back on Thursday here every Monday and Thursday. Subscribe at Podcast One. Also on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, I'm on it. Don't forget to also get my other podcast, Take a Bump, where Matt Taven, the Ring of Honor world champion, will join me. In studio, as he always does, because it is his podcast too. On Wednesday, we'll react to the G1 Supercard. And, uh, yeah, we are going to have a good time with that show because I got a lot of questions for him. What was going through his mind as he climbed that ladder at Madison Square Garden and ripped that championship from the ceiling. And um, I'm excited for that. But on Thursday, I will give you my NBA championship official prediction. And I'll react to anything else that happens in the world of sports. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I am out. Talk to you again on Thursday.